0: Hello and welcome to the Impact at Home podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you the very best professional learning to help you make an impact in your school. Good morning Finn. Hello Jane, how are you? I'm great actually, thank you, how are you? <laughs> you had to think about that lad, <laughs> yeah. didn't you? I'm still in desperate need of a, a, lockdown, a, a post-lockdown haircut. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm counting down are, the days, we? but there we go, but apart from that. It's friday but that we're recording this yes it is friday that we're recording this but this will be obviously going out on wednesday so happy yeah, wednesday to everybody it is isn't it and it's just one of the we've had another mad week this week very bizarre week yeah we have we've had um international zoom calls and um emails that have been uh very interesting yeah. so in fact it was an international zoom call that was in three time zones which was yeah quite a logistic <laughs> a logistic you know so, south wales america and australia yeah which was yeah which is interesting which was, i think we got the, the the raw deal out of that one but anyway no, i don't think we did I don't oh think no we did. no true no we didn't have to get out of bed early okay so what are we going to talk about today well there's been lots going on in the in welsh assembly yeah regarding the curriculum and i think what we want to discuss really we want to go back to curriculum for wales 2021 where we are now mm. and think about september 2022 are we nearly there are we nearly there yet mm. well let's let's think about that that whole process and I think um you've been quite sad this week haven't you? I have I've been really, really really sad I was uh when was it was it Tuesday night I can't remember uh, now uh, yeah which night it was yeah. but I, I sat down and started watching the uh voting of the amendments on the curriculum for Wales bill stage three um, as they happened in the senate and it was it was actually it got to a point where i was getting really excited about different amendments and what a difference they were going to make to the curriculum bill and how how that might affect teachers it's like Eurovision vision voting wasn't it i know it was it was like oh and you know <laughs> but um there was a a, a really interesting uh, discussion obviously because it, it they were debating it as well so all of the different amendments were grouped together and there were things like um, diversity in history, black history, um, the uh, relationship and sexuality education, the, uh, you know, whether um, parents could actually remove their, um, their children from that. Uh, but the, the one that I was particularly interested in because I thought that that would make the biggest difference to teacher in Wales, there was an amendment from Susie Davis, um, who's uh, conservative, about delaying, giving um, head teachers and governors the opportunity to delay the implementation of curriculum for Wales for a year if they felt that their school wasn't ready, and obviously there was a, a lot of debate about it. But the upshot of it was that that amendment wasn't passed. And 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 listening to it, I, I understood that actually that's the second time that that amendment has been put forward, proposed. Um, obviously the, the the wording might have been changed but it was really interesting to hear people's arguments about whether it should be delayed or not and I think that the upshot of it was it looks really really unlikely that there will be any delay at all for anybody that it is now mm. September 2022. It's interesting that that's that's politicians arguing and mm. debating mm. and it's how much of the, profet- of the profession have they listened to yeah, to be able to make that decision. Yeah, well, it, the, the one thing that it really brought home to me was how much of a compromise policymaking is mm-hmm. that it has to be that, that it's all these, you know, all these different bodies are lobbying um, politicians in order to get their point of view heard. And you get, you know, specific interest groups, particularly with the relationships and sexual education side of things and the, the religious education, you know, the, the this lobbying that must go on in order to make that happen. But how, um, you know, the, the really understanding on the ground, in the classrooms, well, or not in the classrooms, in the, you know, the remote learning that's going on, what's actually happening, I think that's probably the policymaking is still quite divorced from that. I was gonna say policymaking seems to be very much detached yeah. at, at the moment from what is going on in yeah. schools. And I think there's, that's quite a gulf, isn't it? And it's not until, mm-hmm really over the last couple of years that we've started to look into and you you in particular mm. seem to be an, an avid fan of watching what goes on <laughs> in the Senate. Do, you know, do you know what's really um, interesting about the Senate though is you don't just hear what people say, you hear how people say it and I think you begin to understand where people's uh, allegiances lie but also what they're passionate about and you, you know I can hear that Kirsty Williams is Is incredibly passionate about elements of Mm. the curriculum and you know how they all fit together and what she expects to happen as a result of it. But passion isn't everything, is it? It's it's another world. It is another world. But I mean, we've got a we've got a real story of development in Wales, and you know where it all started was the two thousand and nine Pisa results and the fact that Wales was kind of bottom of the league table in in the UK wasn't it it's quite quite a distance on that story as well are you talking about 2009 through to 2022 yeah what a spread that's 13 years it's a long time isn't it yeah to think that you know it's taken all this time for things to start to come together Mm. and if we think about where we're going to be in in September 2022 Mm. you know how can we get support schools and professionals to get from where we are now Mm. to september 2022 so if we were to give people like a a little potted history a little cartoon Mm. of you know where where curriculum for wales has been we'd have 2009 wales is bottom of the league tables oh my gosh what are we going to do about this and then right we are going to Literacy and numeracy framework. That's yeah. when that came in, wasn't it? We're going to literacy and numeracy framework. We're going to raise standards. We're going to have national mm. tests. So the Sats has gone by the by many years earlier than that. We're going to bring back national tests. We're going to completely overhaul the curriculum, and we're going to make make a difference to uh, children's lives by having a different structure for the way they're te- mm. they're taught in in classrooms. And it'd be interesting to actually see now what impact has been made since 2009 mm. to where we are now what is the difference mm. and well that's the whole thing of measurement isn't it yeah. it's really really hard i mean is it Godhart's law by by measuring something you then end up changing the thing that you are measuring you know the the observer effect is simply by observing you change it yeah and it's it's interesting to think about what's actually happening and i know in a previous podcast we said that you know if in a different life if we were made in charge of policy <laughs> and we took over the world uh, that actually we wouldn't have reformed the curriculum we would have spent all of the tens of millions of pounds that have been done that actually in professional learning because i think well we've had that conversation before haven't we about what the link between curriculum form mm. and the rising standards has been and i know there's mm. been lots of research around there about you know what the impact of curriculum mm. reform actually does have mm. in a school and I know that's something you, you know you can talk a lot about because yeah you know, you're well much more well read than me well I don't know but the, the link between curriculum reform and the rise in standards I mean you just have to think about the practicality of the mm. curriculum reform. For form the, the fact is that if you are reforming the curriculum you spend the large majority of your time thinking about this new way of doing things and changing structures and changing processes. And that leads to an increased workload. And I'm just thinking back to a session we did, I think it was around about three years ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe four years ago, when I went up to Perth to work with a school in Perth in Scotland. And of course, in Scotland, they've had their curriculum for excellence which let's face it is as close as we're going to get to curriculum for wales anywhere else in the <laughs> which world which they're already going back and well how many reviews have they it? had yeah. of that already but it was really striking i was uh, talking to one of the teachers in one of the break i just said you know what professional learning have you had um over the last few years and they they said quite clearly curriculum they hadn't had any other professional learning other than how to Change. Implement it, yeah, yeah. and implement that Not so much the focus on pedagogy, no, because we know that the greatest impact that we're gonna that we're gonna see and we're gonna make mm. is by what goes on actually in the classroom. Yeah, the te- the pedagogy, the, the the teaching that goes on. It all starts with teachers. Yeah, and it's I don't like this whole um, you know the the quality of assistant uh, system. Um, it can be no greater than the quality of the individual teachers because that then places all of the responsibility on the individuals it's like well if if the system is no good it's because you teacher is no and i don't like that that's i don't think that's a fair description of what actually goes on because a, a lot of time teachers may be working against things like accountability and you know workload and things like that that they're working within an imperfect system they're always going to be but you know it's not fair to blame the teachers for that but what's really striking is you know if we know that the quality of the teaching and learning i.e the pedagogy the what happens in the actual teaching is what changes standards then what estin have said about the quality of teaching and learning in our schools over the last few years I mean that's that's really interesting uh, well, if you go back to their last annual report and look at what they were saying about the quality of teaching and learning experiences comparing primary and secondary to where they were the previous year yeah you think about you know standards good or better in primaries are 75 percent yeah But in secondary, we're only hitting roughly around about 50, 52%. So we've got this huge difference between Mm. standards in primary and standards in secondary. And I know secondary has always really been around that proportion. But is that good enough? Well, it makes you wonder as well that the fact that the curriculum reform process for secondaries is is a much, Mm. much bigger ask, isn't it? Yeah. So you've already got a situation where you've got teachers who are struggling to design teaching and learning experiences that really are high quality and they're struggling with developing the curriculum in a way that makes sense for their learners, that makes sense for their context. And of course, you know, let's not forget the elephant in the room, COVID-19. So there's an awful lot going on. We've got this kind of really, really complex story of what's happened in Wales and where we started in 2009, where, where we're, you know, we're heading to in in 2022, and I think it's it's a really, really difficult story. I, th- I think one of the things that we've talked about a lot in podcasts, and we were obviously obviously having our our pre-podcast conversation yeah. as we as we always do this morning, and. Um, about that link between pedagogy and curriculum and having that space in the curriculum and in the Mm. classroom to do actually what works and I think at the climate rate at the moment is that it's in reverse that we had don't necessarily have the space with everything else that's going on Mm. and I know we've got pupils potentially returning Mm. back to school next week and all the testing Mm. and that brings another element to the to the pressures that are going on in school mm. you know and we're talking about you know getting things back up and running and i know yeah. schools haven't shut all the way through we have mm. talked about all that all the time mm. isn't it but we don't know where we're going to be still don't know where we're going to be in september no well we don't know if we're going to have further restrictions in the yeah. term. i mean new variant found again yep. today even though i know the vaccination program yep. is absolutely yes yeah, astounding yeah we're both waiting for our little letter <laughs> yeah my <husband's laughs> yeah, we're, already, we're waiting yeah. for that one um be ladies of a certain age of course <laughs> um but it's very difficult isn't it and it's it's about having that opportunity for teachers to actually trial things yeah you know with all the other pressures going on how can we make that work and i think that just just taking a a, a pause there for a second and saying that when we had our chat before our pre-podcast chat and talking about the story that we were going to discuss today and how how it all fitted together, we we don't want to be in a position where we're just doom and gloom.
1: Because, yeah, we did have that conversation, yeah, yeah. Didn't we? Because actually, we've done
0: the doom and gloom podcast. We, hopefully, we've, we've done that. We draw a line under that one. We wanted to, um, you know, tell a story of hope, of new beginnings, of you know, uh, moving forward. And I think that we have everybody has in their consciousness, their subconscious feeling throughout Wales is this. You know this this kind of point in time september 2022 yeah. when when it's kind of going to be the measure of what's gone on beforehand and having had this really really complex story i think the the most important thing is to be honest about what's actually going on because if you're not honest about what's going on then there the the idea of hope is just illusory it's not real hope it's not real positivity about what could happen in the future and what made me think about this was that i was actually listening to radio four this morning and they were talking about you know obviously the big news on on the national radio is that uh, england's schools are all going back Next on, week. on monday so they were talking about learning loss and they were talking about you know what what is being done about learning loss and what are the strategies that could be done should we have more time in the summer and all that that kind of business but i think what what happens is there are these narratives created in in the national media, and there are narratives created that actually are the, you're only seeing part of the story, mm. and that's actually quite um, quite difficult because it means that if you're only seeing part of the story, there's this whole other part of the story that's not being dealt with. So, you know, we have to accept with the whole learning loss that that. Um, the impact of COVID-19 for some pupils, well, no, for all for pupils. Them. Well, and staff, staff as and well. Staff. So the, and staff. So the impact for all people on all of this is that we are never going to be the same again. Mm. There was a really interesting thread on Twitter this morning, or I picked up last night, from a couple of teachers. I think they were mainly in England because they were talking about going back to, back to school next week. And some of them were really quite sad. Yeah. Not that the pupils were going back, but that they were... Having to change the way they are working because they were really beginning to relish working yeah. from home, and they could see all the positives. And mm. I think it was that that loss they were feeling yeah. of having to, you know. And some of the comments about, "Oh, I really, and I like the fact that I can actually have a coffee go during the, the toilet, day and go to the toilet and when really I want say, to, when I want to, yeah. and you know, go out for a walk with the dog at lunchtime." Yeah. So if we if we're going to build towards a positive, hopeful Um, future a hopeful ending we need to be honest about what's actually going on that for some pupils um they they won't ever recover or regain what they have lost because it's not possible for them to go back to that situation they're heading for a different Mm. um, ending but they also may have gained things that we're we're not recognizing that you know a, a greater sense of resilience or independence or you know it isn't a positive story for some pupils so will we well, it accept that well it's been a life-changing yeah experience for many many people adults teachers am mm. not saying that adults are you know teachers aren't adults <laughs> and children as well it's just where my brain's thinking today but it has been a life-changing yeah. but i think it's made a lot of people just think about the positives and that work-life balance because i think there are some teachers that are finding the work-life balance has gone the wrong way working from home because if you've got your own children yeah so so in the same vein if we're talking about work-life balance and we're talking about the the partial narrative that's available and that's being discussed openly and you know open discussion is the is the um crux of changing things and improving things is that we cannot ignore the fact that covid19 has happened it has had an impact on school's ability to prepare for curriculum for Wales. I mean, you know, there has been the most amazing work being done. Teachers really have uh, risen to the the challenge and they have been amazing at the way that they have learnt new skills, created teaching and learning that is really um, effective with pupils, despite the fact that they have been at home and even continued with curriculum for Wales, but We can't ignore the fact that there has been an impact from from COVID nineteen. So to just ignore and and just to carry on regardless is is quite um, well. It's it's really quite worrying. But it it was but it was really interesting. Read. I'm just going to go back to that Twitter thread because it made me think that one of the one of the first things that I found when I stepped out of the classroom back. I don't know eight years ago yeah i think was sitting there in the garden on a a sunny september morning while everyone else had gone back to school thinking oh i quite quite like this that's having this this time in the morning and i think that's one of the things that um we've got to realize that people will have experienced this whole covid situation in a completely different way there will be people teachers who have been in school every day yeah who haven't had been working from home because they've been doing the hub yeah so we've got completely different experience everyone has experienced this this whole situation in a completely different way and we've got to accept that yeah i think it's really important the the narrative that we have the narrative that drives the um the national conversation about what should we do now Because right back in 2009, when we we started this process, the national conversation was, right, well, there's something going wrong. We're bottomed the lead tables. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do about this? And then right. we we will rebuild our curriculum. We will reprofessionalize our teaching workforce. We will, you know, uh, use research to make a real difference. But the narrative that's out there at the moment, and this has been talked about quite a lot, that, Um, The Minister, Kirsty Williams, has said that delaying the implementation date of September 2022 will mean that schools take their foot off the gas in terms of preparations. Now, I know this this particular narrative, the idea that um, providing an extra year, let's say, that was the amendment, Mm. for all schools will mean that everyone goes, oh, phew, and they don't then work Mm. as hard as they would have done beforehand. And I was just thinking about that. I was thinking, well, you know, if I've got a deadline for an essay or something and my deadline is is a deadline I know that I'm going to really, really struggle with and it's causing me a lot of stress. If someone says to me, actually, no, you've got an extra four days and, you know, that that deadline is something that I really believe in and I want to do. And it's something that feels really important. And it is my vocation, which that's what teaching is. You don't do it for the money then why would I say, oh, great, four days, I don't need to bother now. Yeah, eh? I'll start four days later. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, it doesn't. We were thinking about this so much that what we did is we, um, I don't know if everybody knows that we have an advisory board and it's how we make sure that even though we are um, not working in classrooms as teachers on a day-to-day basis, we keep in touch with what it really feels like to be doing that by having um, i think we've got about 30 people on our advisory board and we meet with them on a really regular basis who are absolutely awesome oh they are awesome that is the best thing we've ever done yeah Yeah, they're great we can we can drop them a quick line just say what do you think of this or we have regular meetings where we talk through issues and they quite regularly say actually that's not going to work or um or we're really worried about this so they are they are super useful but we we put it to them and we just said look Kirsty Williams has said that she feels delaying it will mean that schools don't work as hard towards the new deadline. So we asked them what they thought of that statement and whether they agreed or disagreed with it and why. And we asked uh, we asked all of our advisory board and we got 10 responses so far. I'm sure we'll get a few more in the next few days. Um, And we asked them, you know, how many schools they thought were going to be ready. Do you want to just talk about the data for that? You always go back to me for the day, I do, I do. Maths teacher, I love, I love yeah. a number. Um, so just over half, so six out of ten said, so 60 percent said, not enough schools will be ready, that's how they feel. And that's obviously talking from experience as well, yeah, and where they are. Three out of ten, some schools will be ready, yeah, but yeah. one out of the eight, because not oh, everyone, one, one out, out of ten. 10. so you wouldn't either. I did, yeah, sorry. Um, that it was lip service readiness only. And I think that is a concern, isn't it? It's about... I was just thinking about what you said about your essay, Mm. having it going back to that Mm. point as well. It's not necessarily about, I'll I'll sit back and then do it four days later. Mm. It means I've got four more days to actually go deeper into what I need to do. Yeah, I think that's that's what's key. Because I think... And we're going to talk about some of the responses that we had from our advisory board in a minute. But I think it's this you know by saying oh well people will take their foot off the gas they won't work as hard to to complete this the uh, the preparations mm. of curriculum for wales by 2022 the inference there the implication is that teachers don't care yeah we we had this discussion this morning and i said i felt that was a little bit of an insulting yeah. phrase isn't it take the foot teachers never take the foot off the gas no you are oh god no <laughs> you never do no you, you can't Well, what other profession, and I know there are other professions out there, the police for one, but what other profession, and I can remember this quite distinctly myself, would you be in the car on the way home going, oh my God, I didn't go to Lou at all today? Yeah. You know, and I probably haven't drunk enough today either, which is probably why I don't need to go to, you know, what other profession would... You be so busy and so focused on that you forget about your, your you know, such a basic need, your own personal basic yeah. needs, because you are you're doing it yeah. entirely for. I mean, how, how many times can you? On, I can certainly remember sitting at my desk at lunchtime mm. with pupils who wanted to come in yeah. at lunchtime, so yeah. they were there. So there's your lunchtime gone, but you know, grabbing either grabbing your lunch yeah. on lunchtime duty or break time duty, yeah. or. Grabbing your lunch at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, you are. I mean, there's this. Um, I think it must be EU, but maybe not so much anymore. The um, the whole idea you're supposed to have a 20 minute break every yeah, six hours. it's Not going to happen, is that? Well, it just doesn't happen in teaching for so many people, especially senior leaders. Well, and it's going to be even worse now. Yeah. Oh God, we're going doom and gloom now. Oh no no, 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 no. So let's go back. <laughs> we did have one person agree and say that, you know, agree with the statement that schools were never going to be ready. Um, And that that schools tend to wait for somebody else to move first and then see what they do. But I think that probably kind of speaks to the idea that schools are worried about doing the right thing and they don't Mm -hmm. want to spend time doing the wrong thing if somebody else can to show yeah. them a, a yeah. better way of doing it's, it it's very much keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it we've always said well yeah. school down the road are doing this we should be doing it yeah well no you should only be doing it if it's right for your school yeah. and why do they do that well they do that because um they're worried about mm. accountability and that's that's the kind mm. of um the culture in which education yeah. is operating at the moment that you know be seen being seen to do the right thing is really really important but being chastised or pulled up or inspected and told that you're doing the wrong thing is it really is an issue and you know if we're talking about space and time for teachers to um actually engage with something that they want to engage with which they want to engage with curriculum for wells you know if we're we've got the deadline in 2022 but we've also got inspections coming back in in this september, september. you know a few months now and obviously they're going to be looking at curriculum for wales it's about changing culture isn't it that that's what it falls down to yeah yeah so uh, we had one person out of 10 agree and out of our 10 and it is obviously it's a very small sample but it's it's a um an indication of how people feel and this is why we have found the advisory board so useful because uh, their experiences and their advice has guided us to do what we do and you know Obviously, we're focused on impact, but nine out of the ten disagreed with the statement, Uh, and we're just going to go through a few of those those answers. Do you want to have a pick up some? Well, there's there's so many, and the the one I really want to go to, yes, the one which (laughs) we both like, which I think we should talk about first. Yes, because I think this was the one that when we read it, we went, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Do you want to just just read? I'm just going to read it all. Yeah, it was just so just to the point educational practitioners are tired the future is still uncertain and there is a danger that pushing through the changes will result in a rushed poorly developed curriculum yeah and and um, this person goes on to say they talk about taking the foot off the gas there is a real likelihood that if they push too hard they will run out of gas Mm -hmm. altogether i think that 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 really says it all doesn't it it's it's not a question of just providing a little bit more space It's actually that if they don't, if they stick to the original timeline, it's, you know, have we have we got any space at all? You know, is there any time at all to to do what's needed? And, you know, when you think about these things that are not being talked about in any great depth, you know, what schools are having to do in order to support children to to um, be ready for the next stage of their learning sort of readiness programs, preparation programs for Year 11 moving on to uh sixth form and sixth form moving on to jobs or um further education higher education then you know there's all of that that needs to be done you know surely that has to come first yeah readiness and preparation has to come first before um curriculum redesign but there's also this this issue that you know and it goes back to the amendment some schools having the opportunity to or making the decision to uh, delay, and others going ahead. Well, that's mm-hmm. and, I, and I can see system. why, yeah. It, we don't want a two-tier system or everybody to be in there supporting each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I, and it goes back to sit with that. Um, another quote we've got: timeline is so challenging, schools may be tempted into window dressing. Yes, and that's not what we want. No. It's not job done, tick, curriculum yeah. is an ongoing process. Yeah. And, and there's just something else that I thought of as well that that, that bears mentioning that the, the, there is another narrative that talks about um, using curriculum for Wales to address the issues that we see um, the, that schools are being presented with, say, uh, at the time. And yes, absolutely. We see that health and well-being, digital yes. tech. We see that the elements of Curriculum for Wales are really useful to help schools to prepare for uh, the kinds of experiences and impacts that children have had um, during COVID-19. However, that is not the same as redesigning your curriculum. That's using a resource Mm. to address a need. That's not the same as thinking about, what's our planning gonna look like? How are we gonna timetable things? Which teachers are gonna work together? It's no good throwing assess. lots of written resources no. at it because that's not going to do the job. Is no. It? And I think that, you know, with the best will in the world, we, we are asking teachers to be able to see, you know, 15 balls up in the air all at the, the same time. And yeah, OK, some really experienced, you know, agile teachers are going to be able to keep all those balls up in the air and even mm. focus on the ones that are the most important. But there are many, many other teachers and schools that aren't going to be able to do that and they are going to end up dropping everything and that's the worry that is you know we can't leave anybody behind in order to move forward and to have a hopeful future we need to really look at what's going on at the moment and not ignore the impact of COVID-19 it's a big task again it is a big task but I think you know we will get there we will get there and I think it's really interesting to see how teachers have responded to that particular narrative and how teachers have responded to um, the idea that they will give up or they will not focus mm. on it as much. Uh, well, uh, well, I think Covid is, is proof of the point that when faced with an immense challenge, mm. teachers were there right at the front of the forefront yeah and you know what a difference yeah teachers could have said okay right everyone at home just gonna sit back for 12 months yeah and that certainly Mm -hmm. has not happened and i think you've got to go back and look at what has been done in the past 12 12 months which is phenomenal it is and I, i know that um there are there is anecdotal evidence out there of schools that haven't done in the eyes of the the people who they're talking to a good enough job or that some some teachers have been at home you know not not doing what they would have been doing. But I think as with any situation, the large majority of teachers and schools are, are, are in it for the love right. of it yeah. for the right reasons and they're doing the, the best things that they can. but those schools where things don't work out as well as you would hope for, they're, they're not going to work out as well as you would hope for, no matter what the situation, mm. no matter how much time they have or they don't have. So by saying, well, no, we're going to ha- head forward because if we give them extra time um, that they're just going to not do it. They're probably not in a position to do the best job anyway, mm. no matter what the time is. But there are an l- awful lot of schools who, by pushing ahead, are, are also forced into that camp because, not giving them enough time means that it's going to be more lip yeah. service yeah. and they're going to be broken and you know we do have a significant issue with um, teachers leaving the profession and just going back to that thread again on twitter you know somebody was saying yeah. about i'd like to go part-time yeah well somebody's already put their resignation in yeah yeah i mean so how many teachers that's a question let yeah. us know how many teachers um, have left or are thinking about leaving the profession um that that thought has come to me during covid will there be a flurry of applications for people to go part-time will there that be a balance of working from home a couple of days a week will there be a flurry of applications from people wanting to go into teaching mm. or become head teachers yeah because <laughs> that's uh, i was talking to um talking to my husband my husband works in natural resources wales and he's in charge of the, they call it the renewal program. So managing, working either during po- COVID or post-COVID, and um, he was talking about um, the process of um, recovering from a system and actually showing the fragility of the system. You know where where things go wrong um, during a, a, um, a crisis is usually because those those um, those areas of the organisation or the areas of the system are actually teetering on the edge already. I know mm. we used to use this expression quite a lot, especially when we were talking about assessment that we go into a school and we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd have worked with the teachers and then we'd go and we'd talk to the senior leadership team. And we'd have to say, look, your teachers are teetering on the edge and yeah. all they need is just a finger push and they'll, they'll be yeah. over the edge. And I think that we have so many more staff who are teetering on the edge? Well, I think we've got to nurture our profession, yeah. just as we need to nurture our pupils. Well, nurture the profession so they, they can nurture. nurture. Yeah. You know, it's like this this whole oh the, the you know the whole meme of you can't pull from an empty jug. Yeah. But we have the reality of that empty jug but, in yeah. in schools. We're teaching on the negative again. Then we need to get back to. The well, no, no, thing. no. I, I think we're teaching on the negative. in order to let's let's talk about That's this. Awesome. Let's you know find a way to nurture our profession so we do end up with a hopeful scenario because actually there's a hell of a lot of really good work going on and a hell of a lot of um teachers who have really thought deeply about instruction and learning and the learning process and so many more now are able to say how the learning process works Mm. you know if we had a profession who were in a situation where you'd say tell me how learning works and which, which types of uh, teaching processes, teaching practices help that. If we had a profession who could do that, then job done. Job done. So let's let's work towards that. Yeah. Well, that links really nicely into our, our podcast for next week, oh, which we? we've yes. been really, really excited. We are really, really excited about, which yeah. goes also goes back to our our uh, transatlantic yes call that we had yes yeah, so this we, week so we've got an international guest we've got we've got Jared Cooney Horvath who is um, a cognitive neuroscientist with expertise in human learning memory and brain stimulation and he has he's got some really fantastic uh, ways of articulating how the learning process works what we can do about it and it's it's mm. going to be an awesome podcast so do tune in next week as because, well. because we've we've listened to him speak on a, on a, on a couple of occasions mm. now as well and it's and it's one of those things following from our um assessment webinars that mm. we've been um running over the last couple of weeks yeah I've got a few more coming up so, you know so watch Twitter for the yeah. for the restate but it, it's really solidified some of the things that we've been talking about yeah and completed the jigsaw didn't it it did. It completed the jigsaw. So Jared helped us complete the jigsaw, and we're going to hopefully next week um, have an opportunity to talk about what that jigsaw looks like and wh- which yeah. pieces go where for everybody. The like for Wales jigsaw. Yeah, and he's um, he'll be able to talk about his uh, his new book as well. And it's this is not just a plug. We've both read the new book. Was, I think we both read the book in a day. Yeah, yeah. So it was so complete. It was really good. Yeah. So um, in fact, I had to buy two copies so we could both yeah read it. Great, exactly. read it and highlight in it. <laughs> yeah. So we're really excited about that and do you know what ending on a really hopeful positive that's actually come out of this COVID-19 for us is that never before have we had the opportunity to work with so many people in so many different Mm -hmm. countries around the world and actually rather than just having conversations with people in America or Australia or where it happens to be actually working with them because it's it's taken as a matter of course that it can be done remotely which means that we really can use the best, most robust, reliable research and evidence and experience from around the globe. So there's a positive. It is. And it's also bringing new people into the discussion. discussion. Yeah. Thanks, Finn, finish my sentence. That's okay. (laughs) we will do that all the time. So we will see you next week. Yes. Bye now. Take care. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we at Impact Wales. On Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales. And on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.